Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Welcome to ABG, Asian Boss Girl, a podcast for the modern day Asian American woman. I'm Janet. I'm Mel. And I'm Helen. We get a lot of messages about relationships, both romantic and platonic. But when it comes to conversations around relationships, romantic ones seem to get most of the attention uh, during our 20s and 30s. But friendships are just as, if not more important, than romantic relationships during these very critical points in our lives. What does it mean to be a friend? What does it mean to be a best friend? Let's discuss this. I can list so many qualities. And I did. Uh, let me <laughs> just name a few. It's just hard to choose one. I feel like, you know, you need, you need a combination of qualities, you know, to really be a good friend. The first thing that came to mind instantly was I love when my friends are empathetic. I think having empathy is a sign of high EQ, which is something I really admire and try to strive for. Another thing that I've been thinking a lot about is I love the quality of being respectful. Because one thing I'm noticing in, into adulthood is that I feel like that the lines can be blurred. Like knowing the line between comfort and respect mm. is something I feel like I see a lot of some of my friends kind of like hover around. Even sometimes I might hover around because you don't know. Like you always hear the excuse like, oh, I just said that because I'm so comfortable around you. Mm. And then part of you is like, why do I feel kind of like, eh. Like disrespected. So, yeah. And then also, I also thought about this because I was watching Love Island last night and Granted, Love Island is a romantic show, but there was a moment when one of the guys, there's a there a pair, one of the guys made this joke and like kind of patronized his girlfriend, like patted her on the head. And like, you could tell he was doing it because he was comfortable and just wanted to make a joke, but he, she felt so disrespected. So I think respect is something that can actually be blurred. Mm. So mm. I love someone who's respectful. And I'm gonna say two more things. The next one is I love loyalty. You know, someone who will be there for you no matter what. Um, like a golden retriever. <laughs> and, uh, and the last thing, I didn't really know what word to describe this. Maybe you two might have a better word for it. But like someone, a friend that takes initiative to help and make you feel loved. Mm. So I don't I don't know what quality encompasses that. Compassion, maybe. And compassion. Yeah. But it's just like that active, act, like the action of it, you know? Active, actively, um, actively thinking about you often. Someone who's obsessed with you. Just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Something, you know, along those lines. But those are some of the qualities I kind of thought about um, while thinking about, like, you know, a really good friend. But, Helen, I'm curious. What are your qualities that you look for in a friend? 
Yeah, it's funny you said, um, I, I agree, like respect for sure. But I so I have three, maybe four. Um, but my first one I said was comfort. Mm. I think you have to feel comfortable around your group of friends. And I say this because I've had friend groups where I always kind of felt on edge, whether it's because like I never fully felt like I fit in or I felt like I couldn't let loose and be super weird or silly. Or there was like some level of toxicity, maybe like cattiness or something mm. in a group that just made me feel kind of icky. Mm. And... I know that sounds terrible, but I think at a younger age, you don't have the luxury to really pick and choose your friends sometimes. So comfort mm. and the ability to sit in a room for hours and just have fun with them, talking about like anything and everything. That is a big test for me for who's like a real friend and who's not. Um, so for me, I would say for sure comfort and definitely like that level of respect too. Two, I would say someone that you can trust. Mm. That is a big one for me, like huge. Someone who you can share your secrets with and you trust them and that they wouldn't share your secret with like any soul on the planet, not even their significant other. I think I'm the type of person that Mm. keeps a very small group of friends rather than have a lot of friends. Um, Because in my opinion, like real trust is, is hard to find. And I am not the type of person to share my emotions very easily. So um, I would say that I don't have a bunch of friends that I can call up for deeply emotional things. So um, trust is definitely one that I think also touches upon loyalty um, and also a friend that's kind of more non-judgmental and will listen to you when you do open up to them about difficult things that you maybe feel shame about. Mm. Um, So yes, for sure, trust. And thirdly, communication and honesty i think friendships are like relationships and relationships are hard and if a friendship is only focused on the good and there's no communication and honesty when things get kind of sour then that is in my opinion a doomed friendship waiting to happen Mm -hmm. because that becomes kind of like a a surface level friend and someone whom you'll never really want to go into like a deeper level with out of fear that something really bad is going to happen because you can you're always like tiptoeing around these sensitive topics Mm. um so definitely communication honesty and then fourth last thing i would say compassion um all of my close friends that i have um have a level of compassion that I think is so precious to me because I feel like it's a little bit more rare of a quality to have these days. So mm-hmm. I see it as a gift when I get that from a friend and it's something I really have come to appreciate. So mm. for me, comfort, trust, communication and honesty and compassion. I want to make a comment because I know Helen mentioned um, trust and I will say, though, one quality I see Helen exemplified that I actually don't see a lot of my friends who are in a relationship is that I actually can tell Helen something knowing that she won't tell Phil. And that's something I learned later in our friendship. And I was like, wow, you didn't tell him? And you're like, why? Why would I tell him? Like, it's our our thing. And the reason why I want to acknowledge that is because I have other friends who assume that whenever I tell them something, they're going to tell their significant other. They're like, oh, I only just tell them. And I'm just like, well, oh, like, it just feels like that's a, mm. it's an assumed thing, right? You know, so I do really, I do respect that that you're able to keep like a secret or something private between you know one person, like me or you. Mm. So I, I do, do want to acknowledge that. Yeah, no, I feel like I, I think I like to dish out what I want to receive, and so. Mm. Like for me, like I said earlier, I don't trust a lot of people. I don't trust easily. And so Mm. that's what I kind of expect from my friends too. Like I will give you my top level, top notch level of trust because that's also what I expect from a real friendship. 
Um, yeah, and then sometimes Philip's like, I can tell something is, tell me what's going on. I'm like, no, if you want to, like, ask, ask one yourself, like, shush, let's talk about something else. <laughs> let's turn on, like, a TV show or something. <laughs> mm, that was, yeah, I also like that you pointed out um, that the ability to confront and communicate with them, right? So when we're mm-hmm. talking about, like, you know, most important qualities, we're listing all these uh, positive ones, but, you know, the ability to communicate means uh, being able to confront some of the not-so-positive situations, right? Um, which I think is is really um, is really critical. And I also like how Mel touched upon the aspect of respect because that's one that I mm-hmm. didn't really think about with friends. I mm-hmm. almost just, I feel like you just assume that that's a thing, but you're very right that I think that as you get older, the level of respect that you might expect as, mm-hmm. as an adult might change, right? And that, mm-hmm. and that might be telling of your friendships. Janet's a rapper now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> respect, respect and respect. Yeah. <laughs> What do you think, Janet? What are the most important qualities to look for in a friend and why? Ooh, I also had like a list about five-ish. Um, and so as you ladies were reading through yours, I, you know, a lot of them that are similar. Um, but the top of my list is support. Mm. And um, I think that that is, I don't, I'm not exactly sure why, but when I think about friendship, the first thing that comes to my mind is is supporting, you know, being supported and supporting others. Mm-hmm. Um, and... The second thing are very closely with that is a sense of empathy. I think that um, I know it's kind of strange, like in the last year or so, a lot of people have been feeling a lot of things, but in the absence of kind of lots of maybe emotional situations, I don't know that it is very common that people can empathize with different situations, right? I think, yes, that is a quality of a person, but different people can empathize with different people because they usually will share an experience. So Mm -hmm. I feel like that's a, that's, you know, something that ties two people together is if you're really truly able to empathize with them because you probably went through something similar or you have something from your own life that you can connect on a level with. The third thing I think is having your best interest in mind. And this is something that I think, um, maybe sounds like it should be obvious as well, but especially in our 20s and 30s, which are periods where people are so focused on develop, like self-development and figuring out their place in the world, it can be too easy to get competitive or to get wrapped up in your own situation where the people closest to you might be in conflict, right? So you might have a lot of close friends, but it can be challenging when you're like, are are they doing this because they have my best interest in mind or is it their best interest in mind, right? Mm -hmm. Or or something like that. Um, And oftentimes it can be like really maybe not even obvious. Like you met, maybe someone is doing that without even knowing that they're like kind of sabotaging you a little bit or something. Um, so having your best interest in mind fourth is you can trust them I think that's like to Helen's point trust is a very valuable thing um I kind of like the opposite I feel like I trust too easily <laughs> All right, I'm there I'm there um, too yeah I kind of like I will I will give some of my trust and then only when they kind of prove me wrong then I kind of like retract a little uh, I'm still very reserved like I won't open up to a lot of people but I will always assume kind of the best of people and just like yeah I'm gonna trust you until you prove me wrong mm. um but uh yeah but the the level of, of true trust um I, I think that that is that's like critical for being able to have, like have a close relationship with someone and then the fifth one that I have is 
actually one that I kind of struggle with. I think that um, an important quality of a friend is not only that you can share with them, but that they'll share with you and they'll be vulnerable with you. I have a hard time, like I said, because I'm more reserved, opening up to people and just like sharing all of my stuff and being vulnerable. But that is uh, like, it's essential to be able to like deeply connect with someone, right? So um, Mm -hmm. I take that as a sign. If someone's able to open up to me, I think that usually deepens our relationship to a greater level. These are great answers. I feel like we made like a best friend soup or something. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> uh, maybe I'm just thinking that because I know Helen made soup earlier. But <laughs> when you're listing everything out, and my mind's thinking like, it's actually really hard to be a really good friend. It is. Right? There's yeah. so many qualities you need to hit. But at the same time, it's also maybe easy to stuff. I don't know. But just something I'm thinking about. And Helen, you mentioned earlier that you try to dish out what you also want, right? Mm. So with that in mind... What do you think is your best quality as a friend? And can you share a time when you provided this quality? Oof. Yeah. So weird to kind of like talk about myself. Like you tell me what are good, what are good qualities I have as a friend? Um, I mean, I think the qualities of like comfort and fun and like an easiness to be around me. I feel like mm. a, this is what I hear from other people. So people say it's very easy to be around me. Um, and then, like I mentioned, that level of trust um, is something that I want to give to other people because, yeah, like I think like Janet, too, I'm a little bit more reserved when it comes to sharing feelings and being vulnerable. So I definitely think that um, I want to give my trust to other people as I want to receive it as well. Um, people have told me I am a good listener um, and that um, I, I, I think when I listen, I don't try to give advice right away. And maybe that's why people like Mm. or people tell me that I'm a good listener because um, I listen and mm. really try and empathize with whatever it is that they're going through. Um, and also, I think when it comes to my close group of friends, like the really, really good group of friends that I have, I will make that extra effort to make them feel special on like specific days. Mm. Mm. I agree with that. I can attest to like the things that you're listing. Um, I have noticed that you listen very well. And I notice that because that's usually a comment that I get as well from people. Um, but you don't like, you're not kind of quick to respond. You're kind of just take mm. it in. Um, and, and I think that that is, yeah, that is, I've, I've noticed that as well. And, and the planning and the little gifts. Yes. I, which is strange. Cause I feel like in my, um, as I've gotten older, like, I just, people just don't have time for things, right? So oftentimes the way you celebrate together or the way that you, it's like you treat a friend to a meal or you just get together mutually. So it's like, I'm like, oh, when you, I've gotten little gifts and things from Helen. I'm like, this is nice. I haven't had this since like, you know, I was younger. And um, it's, it's a nice, yeah, it's a very unique quality. I think I'm not a very mushy type person. I don't express my feelings that much. But when it comes to like writing a card or writing, you know, putting mm. putting thought into writing something for someone like a Christmas card or whatever it is, like that's where I will show you my love. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Helen, I remember when for Christmas she gave us a really good gift. She gave us a poetry book from Rupi yeah. Kaur. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so thoughtful. And she does it. She was like, you better read the card. <laughs> and i was like all right and i was like all right always read helen's christmas cards i'm not gonna say to you in person but read the card <laughs> <laughs> she'll start hiding behind a pillow if she starts talking about emotions yes pillow safety net all right what about you janet what do you think is your best quality as a friend um so i also said like the thing that i get the most often is that i am a good listener um and that i make people feel heard and um i think that is also because i generally i'm i'm 
pretty hesitant to like give advice because I have I truly believe that like there isn't necessarily a uh, a right answer for things, right? Mm. Um, so I I often want people to arrive at the answer themselves and. I will mostly be there to listen and to ask questions to get them to answer and talk more and then hope and then eventually get them to like answer their own question. Um, so I have noticed that like since I was young that people often will come to me and like share, you know, mm. share their their feelings or if they're struggling with something. So I, yeah, I don't have like a concrete example, but I just I know that that has happened often. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I've noticed, I don't know if this is like, I guess it's, I don't know if it's a quality in friendship, but like when I was younger and I would be in like larger friend groups with like my, like the neighbor kids, um, you know, when you're younger, people get into fights a lot. And so um, I remember that when fights would happen, I would almost always be that like moderator person who's like the messenger that like goes to the corner and talks to one party and like, you know, and then gets their message and then goes to the other party and kind of (laughs) like negotiates and make sure it's like everyone cool. We're all okay. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I feel like that's probably, those are generally, generally my, my qualities. And the third I will say is that I think I'm also generally reliable. I get that quite a bit. Mm. Um, I think it's just like a person, not even not necessarily in my friendships, but at work or all those things, like mm. I'm generally kind of like pretty steady, I guess. I don't know. So. Yes. Isn't it awkward to talk about yourself? But <laughs> I will say, I will concur with everything that you are saying. You are extremely dependable. I find like I find you to be a very good support system. Like whenever mm. we, like myself or Mel, we have something on our minds, like it's so easy to talk to you because we know that you're not judgmental. You have no like other ulterior motive or anything mm-hmm. else, mm-hmm. but you just like want to be there to listen and to give advice and, and help. You like that is your, your, Enneagram. You are a number nine, the helper, and that is like that is you through and through. You're just a very good, compassionate, kind spirited person. Yes. Thank you. That's a good example, but you remind me of like a sturdy rock in in a in a flowing river. Oh, like a current. Like I I can see a lot of things changing and moving, but in some ways, we always know we can rely on you. You always be this very like steady and like strong foundation and person we can always rely on. Mm, I like that. You know, sounds like cool, but. uh, You're a poet, no. yeah. yeah. I know. We got a we got a rapper, what? a rapper, and a poet today, right? Uh, no, I, to add to what Helen said, Jen, I for sure have gone to you so many times. There are moments where I didn't know who to go to, and I went to you, and you'd always give me like these advice where you're like, "Well, you're you're very non-judgmental with what's going on with me," and I always feel like, but you always ask me like these like questions. You're like, "So how do you feel about that?" Like very like these type of general questions mm-hmm. where you're you're not like. Well, what you're doing is shitty, but anyways, like you don't yeah. ever respond that way. So I think what you your descriptions are very accurate. Janet's our therapist. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> I have. Yeah, I have been told that as well. I've had people in the middle of conversations and like, uh, am I paying for this session? <laughs> like, we owe Janet a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> but Mel, how about you? What do you think is your best quality as a friend? Honestly, I had to text Justin from J. Raw Twins this question because I didn't, I didn't know how to answer this for myself. It, it, it's like you said, Helen, it's like so awkward to talk about mm. yourself. And I was like, hey, <laughs> what is my best quality as a friend? And he said, loyal and dependable. And I was like, can you share an example? So like, kind of, so I know, know what you're talking about. He was like saying, so, you know, you both know. So Jason and Justin are twins and they were living together for a while, but they, Jason moved back to Seattle. So that was a very hard time for, for Justin. And Justin, this is the first time I ever saw him cry, like ever. And he was like really heartbroken. Mm. And he told me, he's like, you're willing to drop everything just to be with me. Mm. Like, it didn't matter what was going on. You're like, you're like, you wanted to just be there. I was like, yeah, I guess in some ways, I think when it comes to my friends,
friends. Like, I'm very loyal because when I think about my friendships, I actually put them really high on my totem pole values. Like, I really value my friendships mm-hmm. because I think I have such deep connections, you know, with, with you both and, like, just my close friends here. And, like, I have also had, maybe I am loyal because I have friends from so many different aspects of my life, from, like, elementary school to college to high school. I, I'm still loyal to these groups of friends. I guess I'm loyal and dependable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dependable? I'm just like, really? I don't know, but that's what they said. Yeah, I mean, I would totally agree with that. I think those are two very good words to describe you. Like, loyal, and also, like, even to the points of what you were bringing up earlier in the qualities that you want in a friend, saying, like, you will go sort of, like, above and beyond to make someone feel special. Like, I feel like you do that, too. When you, like, cook for us, mm. um, when you when you see that I have all this, like, home renovation stuff going on, and you're just like, I think you need food. I'm like, I do need food. And then you just show up with, like, food. I'm like, hey, thanks, you know? Like, you're, you're thinking about your friends and and you will drop everything to be with a friend if they need you yeah this fits your description of a, a golden retriever yeah that's loyal, true, dependable. That's true. yeah <laughs> no the I, yeah loyal loyal or loyalty i know there's a game called loyalty that we play sometimes but i, I think oh, <laughs> oh no, that's a real di- that's a different, <laughs> a different, uh, different loyalty. Game. Yep. <laughs> um but yeah yeah i think Melo, for me that's like the number one thing that i would think of you you do hold your friendships very uh, of mm-hmm. high value um, and you will you will through and through make sure that like they are prioritized and like I don't know I just feel like I just have memories of like if something happens and you feel like even potentially you could have hurt someone like a close friend's feelings you'll like go in and check in on them like are you sure you're okay mm-hmm. it also yeah. probably comes from a place of your like being more sensitive person too I feel like you're very yeah mm-hmm. so loyalty I can definitely see that <laughs> I love glasses. So whenever I see someone wearing glasses that I feel are super stylish, I always ask them what brand they use. The answer is pretty unanimous, and it's always from Warby Parker. So recently, I was on the hunt for a new pair of sunglasses for my mom. She's had the same sunglasses for 10 years, and she needed an upgrade. I signed up for Warby Parker, did their quiz, and they sent me a bunch of amazing high-quality sunglasses to try on. I love their home try-on kit because my mom and I both have wider, flatter faces, so it's hard to find sunglasses that actually fit. It was difficult to choose one, but I got her the Raglan in T-Rose Fade. She loves them so much, and they look so good on her. Warby Parker is committed to providing exceptional vision care online and in stores. This includes eyeglasses, sunglasses, eye exams, and contact lenses. Their glasses start at $95, including prescription lenses. They also have sunglasses, progressives, and blue light lenses. Try Warby Parker's free home try-on program. Order five pairs of glasses to try at home for free for five days. There's no obligation to buy. Shifts free includes a prepaid return shipping label. Try five pairs of glasses at home for free at warbyparker.com abg. Health is wealth, so the saying goes. And growing up in an Asian household, I was often exposed to Eastern values of maintaining good health. So I know it's a priority in our culture. As Asian Americans, we have unique health concerns, yet our voices aren't being heard in health research. And when research doesn't include us, future health discoveries may not either. Sharing our health information can help researchers address the health problems in our community. Research studies in the U.S. have rarely considered Asian American people, and it's well past time for that to change. The All of Us Research Program wants to gather health information from one million or more people. They want people from all walks of life to take part. That means young and old people, men and women, and people from cities and rural areas. It means sick and healthy people, and it means people of different races, ethnicities, and sexual orientations. They will collect information such as your height, weight, health conditions, and medicines. 
Researchers may be able to use this information to better understand and improve health for all of us. The more people who join, the more information researchers will have and the more they will learn. Ask your friends and family to join to make a difference at joinallofus.org A-B-G. Everyone knows I'm a binge watcher and I feel like I'm pretty much caught up with every show imaginable. If you're like me and on the hunt for something new to watch, you need to check out Acorn TV. It's the largest commercial-free British streaming service with hundreds of exclusive shows from around the world, including award-winning mysteries, dramas, comedies, and so much more. I really enjoy shows that take place in a different time period because I love seeing how they execute production and costumes. One show that's on my list is Miss Fisher's Modern Murder Mysteries. Not only does it take place in the 60s, but the lead is a woman and has such a fun personality. This show follows Peregrine Fisher, a lady detective who investigates murder in Melbourne in the 1960s. With the help of the handsome straight-laced detective James Steed, hello, and a group of accomplished women, Peregrine manages her new life as a detective. If you're ready for a streaming service that offers new stories, new characters, and breathtaking sceneries every week, do what I did and get Acorn TV. Try Acorn TV free for 30 days by going to acorn.tv and use promo code ABG. Make sure to enter the code in all lowercase letters. That's A-C-O-R-N.TV, code ABG to get your first 30 days for free. Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swathers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swathers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swathers absorbs wetness better than a leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With free and gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Well, they say that we are the average of the five people closest to us. It would seem then that our friends are a reflection of us at any given point in our life. And as we change many times over the course of our lives, our friends may change as well. So I'm curious, Janet, who was your best friend as a kid? And can you describe them in your relationship? So I actually, I have a hard time with choosing best friends. And I actually have two answers for this. Um, and it's interesting because they're both very, very different. Uh, but when I think about like my kind of the first few friendships and best friendship relationships I had as a child, these are people that like I really grew up with together, people whom like I went to their homes and I knew their families and they came to my home and they knew my family. So these are very interesting and unique relationships, right? Because as you get older, they're sometimes the, the familial um, interaction isn't quite quite there the same way. Um, and there's a certain familiarity with them that, you know, I don't maybe talk to these people anymore on a day-to-day basis, but um, like they know where I come from and I know where they come from. One of my best friends when I was young, I actually met her in kindergarten and we connected because she was also Taiwanese Chinese. So our parents kind of also got along. 
our friend dynamic was like, like we definitely, we were those girls that had the friendship, you know, necklaces, the one where she has half, half the heart and then I have half the heart. Um, and she was just always the very like trendy one, the one who like got into boys first, who would like, I learned about clothes and fashion from her. She was really into like limited too. I don't know if anyone remembers mm. limited too. <laughs> I still have limited two underwear. Yeah. <laughs> do you really, Mel? <laughs> it's my drawer. Wait, I don't, do they still exist as a brand? I don't, I don't know anymore. So she was like kind of all around, you know, the, the girl that was like a much more girl girl um and uh she was actually the reason why I got into dance too mm-hmm. because she really wanted to go take dance classes and her mom um, said I will sign you up but you have to find a friend to go mm-hmm. and so her mom called my mom to try to convince me to go <laughs> so that that we could have like a carpool going um and I remember I was I was like yeah sure I'll try I don't really you know care but I have her to thank for for helping me like discover that that hobby or that that love of you know that part of my life Mm -hmm. but yeah she was always kind of like she was a little older than I was and was always kind of the cooler and like the smarter one she kind of tested naturally into the gifted and talented program and then was the first one to have a boyfriend I remember in like sixth grade when I was still kind of like eh guys I don't know whatever like I would like be the note passer for her to (laughs) for for the guys what's her what's her name yeah her name is Catherine Catherine so she actually now uh lives in Taiwan or she moved to Taiwan Oh, um, and she went there, I think, to teach. Um, and now I think maybe works in marketing or something. We were really good friends all through elementary school, but we drifted apart um, and we started to diverge starting in maybe like junior high. And I think it was really because we started like our interests started kind of moving apart and mm-hmm. she was mm-hmm. really getting into like popularity and guys and like kind of the social aspect which is normal Mm. for a teenager and I just like was not into I don't know I just like never cared about popularity I always Mm. felt kind of like a little bit more like alternative I guess and I just didn't you know and I wasn't interested in Mm -hmm. like boys and, and that kind of a thing so we kind of drifted and she actually started getting closer to this other girl and I just remember the ending of our like close friendship being filled with a lot of like stupid petty fights right and in Mm. hindsight when I reflect back I'm like oh I think I was jealous I was probably really jealous Mm. that she was like she found a new friend um but Mm. anyways yeah it's all good though (laughs) that was a long time ago and she is someone that was like really pivotal for me I think the way that I grew up with cousins she was close like family Mm. um the second person is a friend that I grew up down the street from her parents to this day live three houses down from my parents. And I've known this girl probably the earliest ever. I think I met her when I was maybe four, three or four. And she is someone that I truly like, I like half lived at her house and she half lived at my house. Um, And she's a Vietnamese American. So I grew up always with memories of like knowing what it smells like to be in a Vietnamese home with her mom cooking all the time and trying all the different varieties of food. Um, Yeah, and we would, she had an older sister and also a brother um, and we would just always be at each other's homes like kind of playing around and, and, you know, being kids. And as we got older, um, she was pretty critical for me because a lot of my other like Asian or South Asian American friends um, were more kind of heavily influenced by the traditional way of thinking about academics in terms of like prioritizing math and science. Uh, she, she actually did end up majoring in science, I think. But as an elementary school student in junior high, she loved reading and writing. This mm. girl was like the, the most intense reader that I knew. She would go through books like crazy. And so I think that really impacted me that I had a friend who was so interested in that kind of stuff. 
Um, and then as we got, even when we got into college, like she, when we weren't, that was the first time in college where we kind of separated and not, we're not like neighbors basically. And she kept our friendship going through, and this is before the time of like text messaging and you know, all of that. So she would write me handwritten letters when we were in college. And because of that, I feel like I had this practice of like expressing myself through language because I would write her back and she Mm -hmm. also was very vulnerable and like I remember her because she realized for the first time moving away to college like the importance of certain friendships and she shared like she's like you know I really love you as a person and and yeah and I was like oh and it it made me kind of reflect and have to learn to express myself and my feelings through the written word as well so yeah I think those are two people that really had an impact on my childhood and are probably a reflection of how I was as a kid um. Yeah. <laughs> Where's this uh, the second friend today? Are you still? Do you still keep in contact with her? Yeah, yeah. We don't talk often, um, but we still always like you know for big holidays and stuff. She now lives um, in not it's not quite San Diego, but kind of like around San Diego uh, County area with her husband. Um, so yeah, she's still still in the neighborhood, and her parents still live three houses down from my parents. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Oh. How about you, Mel? How, like, what is your memory of some of your early friendships? When I think of my first best friend, I, th- I thought that was really hard for me to pinpoint. Um, I'm not sure if it's preschool or elementary school, but I had a friend named Erica I play with all the time. The only memory I have with her, to be honest, is this photo of me and her hugging in front of a Christmas tree. Aww. And that's it, to be honest. So maybe that's not really my... Maybe I think that was my first, like, first quote-unquote best friend. Mm. But as you're describing your experience, Janet, like, with your elementary school friend that went to middle school... My actually real probably first best friend was my friend Vicky that you guys both know. Mm. So Vicky Mm. is the one I met in fourth grade at the bus stop. And we found out that her family is also from Taiwan. So my grandma and her mom became friends. And so at the bus stop, they'll talk with each other. And then we we gradually became friends. And we would go over to her house for dinner. And then she'll come over to my house. And we were so close to the fact that when my grandma went to China for like uh, for vacation, she like brought back a cheap pal for me and for her to match and stuff so we have like photos together in our cheap house in elementary school but she's like your classic when you think of like your classic like best friend in elementary to middle school like i think of vicky like if you guys watch pen 15 that's literally like (laughs) our relationship it was us too like we would be like dressing up and like whatever like we would match clothing and like we did this activity together where we would um, listen to like Celine Dion and sing for each other and then <laughs> rate each other singing because we're really influenced by American Idol. And I would be so butthurt because she would give me a low score and I'd be like, and at that time I thought she was tone deaf and I, I was in choir. <laughs> so I'd be like, why do I get a six? And I gave you a nine. Like, that's just not right. So I, I remember getting really butthurt about those things. And like the dumbest things we would do, like obviously when you're in middle school, elementary school, you're kind of like getting into boys. And during the summer, we would call each other every day and she would come over sometimes and I didn't have a pool, but my grandpa would blow up this like big blow up like a kiddie backyard, a kiddie pool. And there are moments where we'd be in the backyard just swimming and I'd be like, who do you like? And then we'll just share the guys we like and we pretend to kiss the guys on the pool. So we're like, we're like, (laughs) pretend to pretend to make out with the guy, but we're making out with the blow up pool, which just sounds so weird to say out loud. (laughs) And, you know, and we do silly things, silly things like we would hold our stuffed animals and then pretend to slow dance with the guy that we're with. So like very classic, those like kind of like silly adolescent, you know, learning about boys. We did we did it together. Um, but yeah, she was probably my, my, I guess like my first best friend that I have very distinct memories with. And I'm still close with Vicky. Like she lives in L.A. now. So yeah. we, we remain friends ever since we were 10. 
Aww, oh my god that is so cute i mean those that's funny you bring up all those memories because i'm like yeah those you make out with random things right with your, with your friends <laughs> around and it's like find your corner and go make out with your stuffed animal or whatever it yeah. is it's oh my gosh yeah. can you imagine one day seeing your your daughters Kids. or sons doing that oh my gosh <laughs> i would probably cringe but also like be very entertained by it <laughs> i could <laughs> it's weird all the stories that you shared Mel, i feel like are very telling of you too i could see you you pretending to, you know, like sing and wanting to perform for each other and kind of like, uh, you know, like that that type of performance aspect. And then also being very like boy crazy, not boy crazy, but, you oh, know, yeah, just like for sure. Just <laughs> no, no, for sure. It started I, young. It started young. Yes. It started yeah, young. Like yeah. We, I remember all of you guys had this experience with your best friends, but like we would play CDs like Mandy Moore and sing like this. I promise you or like only hope. I'd be like, this song reminds me of this. These are my feelings. Like, we would literally talk about how this song just reminds me of this boy. Uh, anyways, that was that was my first best friend. Helen, I'm curious to hear if you have any experiences making out in corners with stuffed animals too. So who was your first best friend? I mean, I definitely did, but let's not talk about that. So uh, my first best friend, her name was Rita, and we knew each other since, I want to say like pre, either preschool or kindergarten. Obviously, I can't remember. Um, but she, yes, for any friends from like home listening, they, they know her because she was... Um, like kind of in our friend group up till maybe like eighth grade or so. Um, but she is Cambodian American and she spoke Khmer with her family and she was so she was so cool. Like if I were to describe her, she was so smart and she had such a chill, relaxed personality and a, a, like a real I don't give a fuck attitude about her. Every, mm. Like as a kid, can you imagine as a kid having a yeah. I don't give a fuck attitude? I'm just like, she's so cool. <laughs> but her cousins actually lived behind my apartment. So if you remember where I got proposed was in the gravel area behind mm-hmm. my apartment. Um, and after dinner, if Rita was around at her cousin's place, she would be screaming for me to like come down and play with her. Like, Helen, come down! And be like, okay! So I would come down the three flights of stairs and climb over the fence to her community, which was this incredible, loving Cambodian community. And when we were kids, we made these, like, long ropes out of rubber bands. Do you guys ever do that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And then we would play jump rope and just, like, hang out all the time. Um, And she was someone to me that was a person I wanted to be so much like, Mm -hmm. like extremely smart. I remember copying her Latin homework sometimes, Um, very meticulous and again, very cool. And I think as a a kid, I was always part of the, the popular kid crowd, but I was always the nerd or the reserved one. And Mm -hmm. I still remember like people picked on me the most within the group, Mm -hmm. um, which is kind of sad to think about, but I have this like one fond memory that was probably in third grade. So I was probably like eight years old. And in the mornings before we went into our homerooms, everyone would get breakfast in the cafeteria and then file in a straight line outside these large doors before you enter in the school area, the like non-cafeteria section of the building. And I always prided myself on being like first in line. I don't know why. It's a nerd thing to do. (laughs) But I was always first or third out of like a hundred kids in line. Um, And I would just like pull out my homework and do homework there or scribble or even journal and it's very rare for us I think to remember memories from when we were that young Mm -hmm. but there's one memory that sticks out with me waiting in line and very often I would take out my notebook and I would write in there I hope Rita is nice to me today 
because I think I like really valued our friendship and I Aww. really wanted her to like me. Yeah. And this like this people pleasing side of me had mm. has always been there ever since I was a kid. And because yeah. I was always like the nerd or the one that kind of felt left out or, or picked on or whatever. So I wrote a lot of letters like that, kind of like praying that Rita would like me and be nice to me that day. Mm. But she was nice to you, right? She she was, but I think it's that like I don't, I don't care, give a fuck can, attitude yeah. that I'd be like, oh, is it like, are you mad at me or yeah, is like, yeah, did yeah, something yeah, happen yeah. at home or what? Like why? Because yeah. I I was always the type of person that was just like always nice to friends, you know. So I didn't yeah, understand yeah. when someone was giving me an attitude or because it was a res- result of something else that was happening in their lives. Mm-hmm. So I I've, I've been trying to find those letters, and every time I go home, I try to search for these like letters because I I wrote a lot of them, um, but I can't find them. My mom probably saw them and threw them away because she's probably like, this is toxic. <laughs> So we were really good friends up until eighth grade or so. And that's when I had mentioned in earlier episodes, we were both like skipping school a lot. We would skip school mm-hmm. to play basketball. We got into fights with like gangs in our community. These little kids yeah, who would yeah. always say that they would get like their older brothers or sisters on us who were in the Crips and on the Bloods. And <gasps> our community definitely had people like that. So mm-hmm. we would either fight back or run away. And it was like, us two always getting into trouble um we were also like subtle pyros we loved going to the forest and just burning things leaves paper whatever it was very not safe to do mm. but we were dumb and we were susceptible to being rebellious kids yeah so yeah. after my whole incident with my mom which i had mentioned on the podcast before uh and deciding for myself that i wanted to become a better daughter for my mom that's when rita and i stopped hanging out with each other Um, And she eventually left uh, high school as well. She dropped out. So it's a very sad reason to not have my childhood best friend. Um, But when I look at her Facebook and I look at it every so often, she has three beautiful kids who are probably like five plus now. And I am very happy to see that she has such a beautiful family. But our lives are definitely no longer like intertwined. Mm -hmm. Mm. Wow. I feel like I went through like a really like like a good chapter (laughs) pathetic child no no i mean also i feel like it's very telling of your personality helen like when you say she has that don't give a fuck like um i can see that part of you there's like a certain grit and like a certain toughness to you that i can definitely see reflected in that because i think Mm. yeah when you're young like those are very you're very impressionable right those are very Mm -hmm. impressionable years yeah, I also didn't know that you were considered like you were picked on and you were considered the nerdy of the cool crowd or the of the pop. That's an interesting sector to be in because you're in the cool, the popular kids crowd. But then within mm. that within that group, you're kind of getting picked on. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's a weird it's because I feel like no matter what, kids are always picking on each other, like making yeah, fun yeah. of little things like, oh, your clothes are weird or whatever. And right, I feel right. like I was always the one picked on. I'd be like, why? But then I also didn't fight back because I would just take it because I'm like, oh, they're my friends. Mm. You know, maybe this yeah. is just what friendships are like. And I just uh. have to be that person that absorbs everyone's like pain or something i don't know yeah yeah how about wait mel were you i would curious like when you were in like elementary and middle school would you say you were in like what crowd would you have associated yourself with i never was in the popular crowd in elementary or like middle school and to be honest i think i've always wanted to be though i always was like oh mm-hmm. like in middle school there was these really cool girls that were like fat farm shoes and i hear i'm wearing payless shoes and they, they would be the ones that would take the sticky pictures like the studio oh yeah, yeah oh yeah and i and i felt so honored when one of the girls would give me one of their photos i'm just like oh, 
oh my god i got a photo <laughs> from her like, i would feel like like oh she sees me which mm. is so weird like, you know mm. so i could totally when i read my enneagram like type three wing two i was like oh this totally yeah childhood um mm, interesting because they yeah and so i don't think i really was but i always admire them from afar mm. i could see if if our timelines were aligned like i would have been the nerdy one and i would have been like oh who's this nerdy kid and then we would have been nerdy friends, nerdy friends. <laughs> <laughs> it would be like they're taking studio pictures well, we're gonna take our own studio pictures yeah. <laughs> and make out in the corner with our stuffed animals yeah <laughs> so cool <laughs> so all three of us were no helen was in the popular crowd but like the nerdy in the popular crowd and janet you were not in the popular crowd i was i feel like i just like was in my own world i don't know i just i, I can ha- see that, <laughs> yeah. I, can see that too. I i kind of just like i feel like i wasn't in the popular crowd or if there was one too i wasn't really aware of it and then i just didn't really care i just kind of did my own thing i don't know <laughs> I'm the kid in the, the sandbox by myself. <laughs> I can see Janet being like, what is the word groups? What is a crowd? Like, there's no, that doesn't exist. I don't know. <laughs> I don't believe I'm, in the idea of, right? of hierarchy. <laughs> or friendships. <laughs> or friendships, yeah. Open open relationships for all. Um, but but yeah, I mean, so so childhood years, you know, friendships are are childhood years in general are very formative um Mm -hmm. and then we have high school and high school is like a whole other world right Mm -hmm. uh i'm curious what your friendships were like in high school like who who are the people that you were around what were those dynamics like uh how about you, Mel? Okay, so I mentioned Vicky. I met her in when I was 10. And then after Vicky, I actually met her really good friend, her childhood friend, Lindsay. So Lindsay and I are actually the same year. We went to the same middle school together, same classes. And then Vicky is a year younger than us. So I think when we went to high school, that's when all three of us kind of came together and hung out. It's really interesting because I think all three of us come from different backgrounds. Like everyone, when we told them, like, oh, we're best friends, everyone's like, really? You guys are so different. Like I was in the choir group. Vicky was in this rebellious group that I don't know what they did. And then Lindsay had her own her own friends. She was in the swim team. So like very different people coming together. But what brought us together is that we had a neighborhood group of friends that my friend Ian, his mom, Tammy, would invite all the kids over after school. And on Friday, she'll cook these big meals, like very American style. Like the neighborhood kids gather and she'll make spaghetti and casseroles for us and drive us to football games and have like oh, wow. swim parties and barbecues in our backyard for all the kids. So she loved the kids. So... We'd all go there. And so I feel like I very high, I kind of in some ways think I had this like really fun like movie-esque type of like dynamic in high school mm. with these different groups of people. Because even though I had Vicky and Lindsay and all three of us are Taiwanese-American, but everyone that went to Tammy's was like different. There was like Caucasian, mixed people, like Latino, like all of us are very different people just coming together and hanging out and this really good friendship. But I feel like my time in high school, my relationship was very like also like you know typical things in high school like you know going to football games and having a lot of fun and you know um talking about prom and you know vicky and Lindsay and myself like Lindsay and i actually got our first boyfriends around the same time or our first like big official boyfriend so we would talk about like oh how was your first kiss and like you know other stuff like you know <laughs> other firsts other first things you explore in high school so what is that what is that <laughs> Um, and then just, you know, dealing with college and pressures from our, our parents. Like I used to have class with Lindsay and I remember she'd feel so like pressured to like apply to colleges. So we'd talk about that. Um, but yeah, I think our experience is very, we, I, I it's funny cause I actually texted Lindsay this morning. I was like, do you remember like, what do you think? What do you remember when you think of our high school relationship? She's like, honestly, I just think about all the fun times we had at Tammy's house and like swimming and like, you know, all these just fun memories. I'm just like, yeah, like I can't think of really anything that's like 
really negative from that time in high school. And I guess my relation with them now is I'm still like close with Lindsay and Vicky. Lindsay is actually getting married in a few weeks. I'm one of her maid of honor. Mm -hmm. So I think all three of us, like, even though we definitely, like, we're different people now for sure, but I think we were able to maintain, like, our closeness by, you know, group chatting and stuff like that. And I always see them when I'm back at home. So, yeah, those were, that was my experience in high school. Yeah. I feel like your friendships from um from when you were a kid to high school are like so strong. Like you would even tell us stories about how you would like shower together and stuff. That's like that's like mind boggling oh. to me, but it's like a <laughs> a next level of friendship that is that's like so open. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, actually that you said that I was like, Oh that, that is true. So Vicky and Lindsay were the ones that like we literally like yeah, we showered together, you know, and you would talk about, like, pubic hair. Like, oh, my God, you have so much more hair than me. Why? You have so little. Like, little stupid things like that we'd talk about. But it's a little weird now that I say it out loud. But, <laughs> like, is that creepy? And, but And the whole Asian boss girl network and community knows. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It is what it is. But... Helen, I'm curious. Um, so you probably didn't shower with your best friends in high school? <laughs> I did not shower with anyone but probably my sister until we were like maybe four and then stuff. I don't know. But um, yes, not at, not at pubic hair age. Um, <laughs> so my best friend in high school, I would say, is Christine, as you know, yes. as you both know, who I still love very much today. She lives in Boston and she is the first person I reach out to whenever I go home to visit. She is my comfort. Like, I feel like our relationship has not changed ever since high school. Mm. Even the the crude humor that we have is still very prevalent between us. And she just kind of like gets me, you know, it's like, Mm. it's so easy to be around her. And she is so caring and compassionate. Like if you get sad, she will literally get sad with you and feel Mm. the pain with you and be there to support you, but like really feel it with you too. Um, and she is someone that I can trust. So all of the things that I kind of mentioned earlier of qualities that I, I look for in a friend, she encompasses them. And I love her so much. Um, yeah. One memory that I have, I think I've, I've brought this up before in the past, and I pick on her about this all the time, um, was when we were in college together and this random guy messaged me on Facebook and asked if we can go on a date. Did I mention our, this already on our podcast? No, but please share. I, yeah. <laughs> I might have. Okay. And so this was the first time ever that I was like, okay, maybe I will go on this random blind date with someone who just reached out to me on Facebook. And he's, he was someone from BC. Like, he's on campus. So he was like, oh, I've seen you around on campus. And I don't know. Nowadays, I would have been like, that is stalkery. But at the same time, I was like, hey, props to you for having the, you know, the, um, the courage to reach out to someone like this. Yeah. So she was a one. I was like, okay, I'm not going to do this. This is really weird. And she was like, what if that is your future husband? Oh I kind of sounded like her when I just said that to <laughs> what if that's your future husband and you know who knows you know he's not bad looking on on the um on the on the laptop and i was just like okay i don't know dude but so i went on my first blind date ever and i've only had two random person dates in my life i'm trying to think back to make sure that's correct i'm pretty sure i've only had two like set up dates with someone random so this guy he shows up to our dorm room and christine is there with me she was my freshman year roommate and i open the door and this is gonna be kind of mean but i looked at him and i was like the same way you look like in your photos oh i didn't <laughs> say that but i was like okay please give me a minute and i close the door <laughs> and then i like fucking pummeled christine and we were silently laughing so hard and she's just like don't kill me don't kill me like whispering because he's standing right outside our door so oh my god 
if he were to hear commotion inside the room, it'd be very obvious, but I was just like, you bitch. Like, like, <laughs> he does not look anything like his photos. And now I have to go out with this random guy and go on a full date with him. And it was like one of the worst dates ever. But oh, um, no. it was That's bad. Hilarious. It was so yeah. bad. I was just like, you owe me one. So all of that to say, it's a fun story. And I would say find a friend that encourages you to get out of your comfort zone. Because who knows? Like he could have been the one for me, right? But I... Could- yeah, I wasn't yeah. I wasn't willing yeah. to take that chance. So um yeah. But she she's basically like a sister to me and we've been through yeah. a lot of different experiences. A lot mm. of fun ones. That's awesome. Wait, really quickly, how did you meet Christine? I met her in high school. So she I met her we were uh, probably in seventh grade. Yeah. Mm. Just through the same classes. A lot of Asian people hung out with like <laughs> our Asian group and yeah, we got we got pretty close ever since like seventh grade hmm. i will say that when you describe christine because um, jan and i had both met christine whenever we go to boston she had definitely has like a really cool energy and vibe like mm. she has this she, you guys are both very similar when you both have this like let's go we're down we have this down type of personality and i'm just like i can see why you and helen get along so well like, i see it it's this energy you guys are both very similar Mm. yeah 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 every time every yeah. time i go home we used to go to this place called anyone in boston who knows uh this underground club called storyville i brought you ladies there before yeah. but every time i go home like christine we have to go to storyville she's like okay let's do it and then we try to get like everyone all of our other friends to go with us and they're like no that club is nasty like why would you go there everyone's so sweaty and it's cramped in there but like right we have so much fun there so we have we just have a lot of fun together just like mm-hmm. randomly you know catching up gossiping whatever it is it just feels like we're back in high school every time we're back together so Mm. that's like i feel like those are those are true best friend qualities when you know despite the distance and time it always just Mm -hmm. feels like you're back to where you guys left off Mm. yeah how about for you jay who was your best friend in high school uh so once again i don't really have like best friends in school i kind of just have like groups of people (laughs) but um but i will say what if (laughs) but i will say like um if I think about who I was in high school and how, like, what my kind of, like, focus was and therefore, like, mm-hmm. the people that I, uh, like, surrounded myself with, um, I was, like, really academically focused and, like, probably to an unhealthy level, like, at the neglect of everything else. Like, I really didn't care about social life or popularity or any of those things. And I was just so fully focused on, like, doing well and going to a good school. Um, and there, though I, like, I was in like dance and I did different things. So I had like different small groups of people that I would float between. Um, The one group that I still keep in contact with today were uh, a group of like, it was like four or five of us. And they, these were girls who were all from either Asian or South Asian American homes. Like all of their parents were um, immigrants and they came here from India, Pakistan, Vietnam, China, and Taiwan. Um, And generally were also, you know, same kind of beeline focus of focusing on school and academics and wanting to go into a good school and not really like caring so much about like the social life or, or different things like that. Um, but of the group, I would say that I bonded the most with uh, Sheila, who is mm. like one of my closest friends to this day. And now we still hang out and she's in Long Beach. She has second kid on the way, so we haven't been able to hang out as much. Um, but we bonded, I think, because that group, a lot of... Um, like I said, I think because a lot of us came from like immigrant families and our parents were, you know, just like 
just a kind of more conservative and more traditional Asian influence in our demeanor. But Sheila um, and I bonded because I think she was also a little bit more liberal and less Mm. traditional. She Mm. loved Tupac and we both shared a love for Lauryn Hill. Um, And, Mm. you know, so there was a taste in music that was a little different. And also we both, you know, were into kind of like the dark nail polish, a little bit of alternative style. We wore Doc Martens. Um, so we're just a little bit more of like counter culture-ish, I guess you could say, mm. uh, versus our other friends were a little bit more kind of like maybe more proper. I don't know if that's the right word. Um, and that also meant that, you know, as we, as you know, we went into college and started drinking and stuff, she was my friend that we were always like going out and dancing and drinking together and probably to the dismay of the other girls in the group. (laughs) Um, And in terms of, like, my relationship with her, I, like, we bonded over that, but um, what what is interesting is that I think because, and I've done so much reflecting about, like, where my, like, ambitious drive came from as a child, even though I felt like my parents were very, like, Mm -hmm. lax, but I still felt like like I was my own tiger parent in my head. Um, Mm. And she was important to me because I think that, you know, in, in high school and in college, um, we were both like good students. We weren't amazingly smart, like, because there were people, I feel like there were like some amazing, but I would say like, we were pretty, you know, we were both like graduated with over like four, you know, like we, we did well. Um, but she really excelled in graduate school. So she scored Mm. really high on the LSATs and was like waitlisted for Harvard and went to Duke for law school. So I felt like she kind of like vicariously through her, I kind of saw the, the accomplishment of like, you know, what, a what, a Asian or South Asian uh, parent is, you know, their dream is of. Um, And yet, if you talk to her about that experience, she like had a lot of very challenging experiences in law school and sometimes would say like, oh, I I chose the wrong, you know, whatever it was. Um, But ended up in her career, like I think when she first went into law school, I remember her telling me, I'm going to go work for a big, big law, like make all the money and do the, you know, the corporate law. She now, she ended up working in, she does, she's a public defender. So she, like, that is very, like, social focused. And I definitely saw a change in her, like, near the end of law school and all throughout where she just became really, really passionate about kind of, like, the underdog. And um, and I think being Pakistani-American herself and being a woman um, and probably going through law school and going to Duke where there's a lot of people that come from money and mm. wealth and in being kind of exposed to that environment, I think she just kind of flipped a little bit of her, of what her values were and her priorities. So I, I, I don't know. I think that that probably has a huge impact on me and how I was progressing through my career and what I was seeing as valuable. Um, and also I, I think that we both went through really big challenges coming out of school and trying to figure out our career paths because she came out of law school. I think she graduated during the like economic downturn. So she was like mm-hmm. jobless for like a year or so. And imagine you're coming out of law school, like you just spent a shit ton of money you know and not being able to work and all that so she was really there for me in a lot of really hard points in my life and I feel like I was there for her as well she sounds like an amazing a friend to have and I could see also how she kind of balances you out really well too like someone who is very studious and focused on the on the the studies and then also just this like alternative like more ratchet lifestyle that we all know Janet has in her you know it's like it's like a perfect combination especially for young Janet who's still trying to figure out like her place in this Mm -hmm. world she sounds like someone who is a very strong pillar of of a friend to just like have by your side yeah yeah Especially if, you know, it sounds like your other group of friends felt like they're kind of like played by the book or more by the book. And she mm-hmm. listens more like, let's just paint the town right and see what happens. And yeah, I feel like yeah. you guys are very similar in that. Um, I always see a picture of Sheila and her family on your fridge because you have your Christmas card there. Yeah. <laughs> she seems really fun and sweet. 
I've never been the biggest fan of in-store shopping. Between the commute to and from, the crowds and the checkout lines, oh, no thank you. For all those reasons, I, like many of you I'm sure, do quite a bit of online shopping. And like many of you, I assume, I use Honey. But if I'm wrong and you're not using Honey, you're pretty much missing out on free money. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. Imagine you're shopping on one of your favorite sites. When you check out, the Honey button drops down and all you have to do is click Apply Coupons. Wait a few seconds as Honey searches for coupons it can find for that site. If Honey finds a working coupon, you'll watch the prices drop. Honey has saved me money on everything from food orders to clothing purchases and even those flowers I ordered to be delivered for a friend's birthday. Honey supports over 30,000 stores online and has found its over 17 million members over $2 billion in savings. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out on free savings. It's literally free and installs in a few seconds. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this podcast. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com abg. That's joinhoney.com abg. It is officially grilling season, baby. Honestly, one thing I love about summer is barbecue. I'm thinking grilled steaks, drumsticks, marinated with my mom's special sauce, salmon. Mm, I just can't wait. Let's be real, though. Everyone is thinking the same thing, so it's going to be hard to find quality meat for your friends. But thankfully, with ButcherBox, I won't have that issue. Today's sponsor, ButcherBox, believes everyone deserves high-quality, humanely sourced meat. Every month, ButcherBox ships a curated selection of high-quality meat right to my home. Each box has 9-11 pounds of meat, enough for 24 individual meals. I can customize my box or go with one of theirs. Either way, I get exactly what I want. And new members will get free bacon for life when they sign up. That's perfect because one of my favorite dishes to make during the summer is bacon-wrapped enoki. Yum. Again, backed by popular demand, receive bacon for life. Right now, new members can get bacon for life when they sign up. Just go to butcherbox.com abg. That's a package of free bacon in every box for the life of your subscription when you go to butcherbox.com abg. Hi, ABGs and ABBs. It's Janet here, and I want to share with you all one of my current favorite clean beauty brands, Thrive Cosmetics. They make high-performance, vegan, 100% cruelty-free products without the use of parabens or sulfates. Not only are their products effective, beautiful, vegan, and cruelty-free, the company has a bigger-than-beauty mission where for every product purchased, they donate to help women thrive. Women emerging from homelessness, surviving domestic abuse, fighting cancer, and more. I'm currently on my second tube of their Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. It mimics the look of lash extensions with a firm hold tubing formula that slides off with warm water and a washcloth. I also really like their Bright Balance 3-in-1 Cleanser, which is my current go-to face wash. The formula feels like a light lotion and smells delicious. I'm a big fan of this brand, and if you're interested in checking them out too, visit thrivecosmetics.com abg for 15% off your first order. This is an exclusive offer you can only get here. That's thrivecausemedics.com slash abg for 15% off your first order. That's thrivecosmetics.com slash abg. Who was a good friend in your early career years and what qualities did they have? Okay, so I am going to say my friend Crystal at Ernst & Young. She, oh, I love that girl. She was my coworker and my best friend at work. 
Um, and I don't think I could have survived without her. And she tells me quite often that she is not surviving without me there. So sorry, Crystal, but I, I needed her there for my own sanity. She is so smart, so meticulous. And even though she was like one, two years, she's older than me, but she, she was one, two years like behind me and climbing the corporate ladder because she entered at, at, from different firms and whatnot. But, um, I went to her for like so many of my questions and either she knew the answers or she would find the answers, you know? Mm -hmm. So she was a very dependable, reliable person. Um, She's also the first person that ever bought a shirt, a t-shirt from Asian Boss Girl and was our first sale ever, our first dollar ever. Because I remember I, I brought like a sample uh, to work to just, because I was excited. I was like, this is what I'm doing. Look, we have a t-shirt. Yeah. And she was like, here's my money. Take it. And when I was literally <laughs> just trying to show her the shirt. Aww. So she's always been incredibly supportive. And I confided in her with like everything going on at work. She was my gossip queen she was who i could complain to and i even went to her about things going on in my personal life because Mm. it kind of it's nice to have a friend that is removed from your Mm. personal life and removed from the people that are in your life because she doesn't know who they are so she she gave me very unbiased opinions Yeah, yeah um and i like totally forgot about this but even like my my personal like deep dark secrets or whatever like i i shared those with her because it was just so easy to talk to her and mm. it's kind of funny because she is from China. Like she, I think she moved here after college. So that sometimes there is a language barrier or even like societal differences and not really understanding the social construct of living in the U.S. and what is socially acceptable or not. Like she, I remember mm. she would always ask me questions like, why did our boss, like, why did he do that? Like, is that normal? Is that a, an American thing? Why does it mm. feel weird? <laughs> I'd be like, I had to, had to explain it to her, you know, this is how it is and what, whatever. But um, she was always trying to grasp like the difference between Chinese culture and American mm. culture. Mm. But I, I will say, though, that when I did ask her for help, and especially with personal things, she was one of the best listeners and the best advice givers. And there were moments where I would be like, like, no matter where we are raised or where we are born, there is a very human element about all of us, like globally, that is just so similar. And it was very comforting to have like learned that lesson from her, mm-hmm. that we, we honestly are more similar than, than we are different. So... I would say Crystal, shout out to Crystal. I don't know if you listen to the podcast, you're probably too busy, but <laughs> um, she for sure saved me um, at EY for oh. the seven years I was in the LA office. Oh, mm. wow. It's, it's actually, it's very special to hear you talk about like a friend or a close relationship like that. Um, because I think, cause that's so different from my experience since I jumped around at so many different jobs. I never had like a very close person to me at work mm-hmm. and yeah, those are very important years in your life, in your early career, early and middle career, right? Where you're, and especially in a, in an industry like yours and in a job like yours, where it was so like demanding and, um, you know, really pushes you to your limits. Um, so that's, yeah, I can, I definitely thank you, Crystal, for taking care of Helen for us yeah. for those first few years. And then you were purchasing our first shirt. That's awesome. She's customer number one. Yeah. She, she gave me cash and I'm like, I don't know what to do with this cash. Like, I don't yeah. what? <laughs> I need to set up our square first. I don't know. I know. <laughs> How about for you, Janet, who was a good friend in your early career years? Ooh, so I didn't have people at work, but, um, I had, there were two friends that I met in college that we 
particularly because like I mean I met a lot of people in college and I kind of I was reflecting like why were these two people did they continue with me through my early career uh, years and once again I couldn't pick one so <laughs> I have Drushti which you you ladies have met um, mm-hmm. and also my friend Kristen that I mentioned we lived together in San Francisco the common thing about these two women is that I feel like we shared similar drive and career ambition and I think that that was something that like why I really clicked with them we were all like getting out of college and really looking to like fully focused on developing our careers and with Drushti we share a similar thing of of course it's once again you know she comes from like a South Asian American family background her parents are from uh from India and I think being the eldest daughter as well, we really clicked on having very similar values and similar understanding of, or like priorities in being selfless for your family or like really prioritizing your family. And she was someone that like I... I really admire her for the way that she is a leader because I think that she's a leader. She does it in a way where like in Western culture, I think that we have a very like almost like more business focused definition of a leader. Like we mm. look so much based off of like, it's like, it's less human, right? Like they mm. always think about if you're, you're more like you get results and, and you know, you get things done um, mm. versus I feel like she's someone who really embodies like maternal leadership. Like there's like a, mm. a nice, I don't know, there's a humanness to her. And I've always really admired that about her. Um, and she's been critical in my life because she, I think has demonstrated how, like she's been a lot of how I've reflected how I want to lead. Um, and also with someone that as a friend who forced me to kind of like talk about my feelings, especially mm. during the important years in your like twenties and your thirties when you're dating, right? Like I said, I was not, I'm not a very emotive person. She was one of my very first friends who is very like emotionally expressive. Mm-hmm. I had not had that in my life before. And um, if not for her, I feel like I would still be even more emotionally backwards than I am now. Um, and then the second person I mentioned was Kristen. I always describe Kristen to my friends as she is like a six foot five white frat boy and a five foot two Vietnamese little girl frame. That <laughs> that gives you an idea of who she is. She's just like so tough and so like sometimes abrasive to people but when she is your friend and she loves you she loves you and she will give everything mm. to you like she it's like my home is your home my money is your money I t- you know um and I have a lot of respect for her because she came from an immigrant family where she paved the way for herself through scholarships and um and and you know like everything from buying her own home by herself and when her family her dad kind of went through a really bad um, medical thing and she was like navigating really spearheading that system. So she's just someone that I just, I feel like we, has a, played a big role in my life as demonstrating those types of values in, in like early career and early adulthood. Hmm. Yeah, Kristen's a, she's a fireball for sure. Yes, very she's much very, a fireball. <laughs> uh, she's, very, she's a very strong woman. I, I remember meeting her in and I was like, yeah. But you guys are very opposites, but I think you guys work really well together. Yeah, I think I'm noticing this trend because I talked about my when I was young too. I have usually two people, and usually they're very opposites. Like because Rushdie and Kristen, mm-hmm. I feel like are they're similar, but they have very opposite personalities. So I don't Is know. That why you always yeah. say you're looking for someone on the opposite end of the battery? Because I feel like maybe that's what we, yeah. your friendship. Yeah, you want to yeah. reflect it with your romantic partners. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. I actually feel like a lot of my friends, I like we click, but we're not really similar, or like we have a lot of differences. I don't know. Yeah, but how about you, Mel? Uh, so two groups of people come to mind. The first person actually is Taylor Chan from Wong Fu Productions because um. I know Tay honestly has a, such a special place in my heart because you don't talk every day, but whenever I see him, I'm just like, Taylor, and that voice, Taylor. Um, <laughs> so moving to LA, I didn't really have any friends and, you know, 
Um, I was commuting from my aunt and uncle's house in Irvine all the way to like Pasadena for Wong Fu. And that, I, I mean, mentally that could be kind of, you know, tough. And Taylor was just so nice to have at Wong Fu because I feel like we were both experiencing this LA media Asian American representation community together. Like when Phil and Wes invited us to the club where Helen was, I remember looking at Taylor going, oh my God, it's like our first LA event. And like, he like drove me to the mall to, to buy my first like romper so I could wear to the club. Like he was oh. so supportive and like uh-huh. experiencing these little things together was super sweet. And honestly, like he was probably my first friend in LA that just has really been there for me. Like the first two years living in LA was tough, you know, trying to navigate, pursuing your passion. I'd cry so much to him in the car. And he's always been such a great listener. And we got to a point when I was working at Wang Fu and I was, we're doing the movie. The commute was so much. Taylor was like, Mel, why don't you sleep over at my house a couple times? You use my guest room. My parents don't mind. So even he opened up his, like, he opened his home to me. Mm. So I like, feel very fortunate for that friendship. And I think just to have someone that you could, like, kind of be on this creative journey together is really cool. Because from afar, I see Taylor, like, g- like grow so much within Wang Fu. And I'm just like... I knew you from the beginning. I saw you hustle. I saw you like put in the work and the time. And I just feel very proud of him. And so he also says the same thing with ABGM. Just like, oh man, it's just, it's just so crazy. And so I think Taylor is someone that I've always, will always cherish. And you know his personality. He's just so, he's so loyal, dependable too. So Taylor is someone I feel like was really there for me from my, in the beginning of my career in terms of LA and creative and has, will always be there for me. The other two people I think about is the twins for the same exact mm. reasons for Taylor in different ways. Because when I started freelancing and touring, honestly, it was probably the most stressed I've been in my life because I'm thrown into this country where I don't know how, like the customs. Um, I was 25, 24, and I don't know how to manage people as well. So it was like very stressed out dealing with, like, you know, you're dealing with celebrities and artists that sometimes, you know, egos can run high. And I remember I was crying so much at, in Thailand. Actually, I was in Thailand stop and I was crying because I didn't know what to do I didn't know how to handle my my job and the twins would just listen to me cry and give me advice and I think in some ways they've been very there for me and I think another reason why I'm so close to them is that because we were both we both got to experience touring together for the first time and we're the same age so I think when you have the mm-hmm. same age all this stuff it just makes it easier for you to connect but to be honest right now Justin's like he feels like a breath of fresh air for me so Justin Jason and Taylor are like the people I really think about in terms of Mike who've been there for me in my career and we know them, and we love them, and mm-hmm. two, all of them have been on our podcasts mm-hmm. at one point. Oh, yes. Yeah. Look at you, Mel, incorporating your friends into work. <laughs> no, no, not incorporating friends into your work. It's it's giving them the platform to shine. That is what's yeah. happening here. Yes. Although this does lead me to the next question here that I'm curious about. So when it comes to friendships, there's a saying that guys and girls can never be just friends. And Mel, you mentioned your three closest friends in your early career life were all guys. I mean, one's gay, but you know, all guys. (laughs) So I'm curious, Mel, um, has there ever been a time when you questioned whether or not you were just, just friends? With the guys you mentioned or just like any of my guy friends? With these guys you mentioned. (laughs) No. Like Justin doesn't swing my way. And Taylor. Taylor honestly feels like a brother to me. You know? So. Mm -hmm. There was never a moment where you and Taylor were like, we're in this together. Like we have the same passions. Okay. I know. Sorry. (laughs) Love you, Taylor. But never saw you romantically. I I could say probably with confidence he didn't see me that way either. Sorry, <laughs> not with not with these ones. 
yeah. I mean, I think some people would find that surprising, but that's I, I could see it too with you and Taylor. It's like a brother sister type relationship. Um, how about mm-hmm. with any other guy friends that you were close to? You have a lot of guy friends. You have a yeah, lot. Yeah, of- I was gonna actually. I was yeah. gonna say. I, I feel like Mel um, of the three of us, like a lot of your close close friends are guy friends. Yeah, honestly, the saying like you know, guys and girls can never just be friends. I don't think that's true. Um, I do have a lot of close guy friends. You know, I do go on phone calls with them. I talk to them on Facetime. I, it honestly feels like any other of my friendships. But I will admit that some of my guy friends I'm close with today did start off with like a crush or like, huh, mm. is this something? Is this romantic or is it not? Um, I don't know if she named names or anything, but I should just, just, maybe just talk about it. But, you know, there's a couple of guys that come to mind that, you know, we're really close. But when in the beginning, when you're getting close, you question like, wow, this is such a good foundation for a friendship. Huh. Is this romantic? And there is moments where honestly, like maybe a little cuddle came out or whatever. And you're just <laughs> a like, a little Whoa. cuddle came out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Explain to me how this happens. <laughs> I, I am thinking about one distinct distinct uh, experience from college. Sounds really weird to talk about, but I won't name names. I do have a close guy friend that we were really close in college. And, like, we would hang out. And there was a moment where we were talking very intimately about, like, family or something. We are both on my bed just talking. Just talking. And there was a moment when his arm, like, went on my hip. And I was like, my mind, I was like, whoa, this does not feel right at all. So I think from that moment, we just knew, like, oh, this is just, like, very platonic. Like, mm. I think sometimes you kind of test the, test the grounds a little. And I was like, nah, this ain't it. So... Okay, so that wasn't Taylor. Who is that? Who is that? Do we know? Yeah, you know him. Should I just say it? We could take it out? Or should I just say it? It's Miles. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. So Miles and I, like, he's also someone that we would do. I do best friend dates. Like, we would go to get, get pho and then froyo. That was our hangout, like, routine. But it was nothing romantic afterwards. Mm. But his, the girl he dated really didn't like me because he, I didn't do anything to her. But anyways, yes, I had mm. that. And, um, yeah, you know. There's a few others that are my guy friends that may have been like, this sounds really weird that maybe I've been, either something happened through a drunken night, nothing mm. like promiscuous, maybe like a kiss or a cuddle, whatever. But then afterwards you're like, oh no, that, that that's just not it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or it's someone that I maybe had a crush on and he didn't express interest back. And so I closed that door. Mm. But I will say I have other guy friends that, it, that it has always been platonic, like my high school guy friends. Didn't, didn't like any of them, really. So that's my story. I think I share a little too much. <laughs> I'm going to pass this question over to Janet. Yeah, that's, Janet, has a has a cuddle ever come out? <laughs> I, I can't say that a cuddle has ever come out on my end, but... <laughs> no. Um, no, but I would say, I would say, Mel, what's interesting is that your, it seems like your answer is that you think it can be the case because you've, you've experienced where there are some guys that there just, like, was no interest to begin with, right? Yep. Um, I think that you can just be friends, but I think the question will always come up. Like you will always have had to consider it, right? Either either it will, if it hasn't already, it already did and you guys decided no, we're just better as friends or or it's, it's one of those two things, right? It's possible that the conclusion is no um, and then that you can continue the friendship, but you must always think of it, right? Yeah, I agree. You always think of, you know, you think about it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. How about how about you, Helen? What do you think? Uh, okay, so we didn't talk about college as much, but in college, two of my best friends were guys, and we had a completely 
platonic relationship. It's weird, but we really did. Like my friend Steve, he was my co-president for the Chinese Students Association, and I loved him like a brother. We literally, like you said, Mel, like we would be in the same bed and be like, "Don't touch me." We'd be like, "Don't, don't like you know." And I mean, he would he would compliment me when I looked good when I dressed up, and I would do the same for him because it's like you know you could you could objectively just be like, "Hey, you look good today," but there was never like a damn oh like you look too good you know mm-hmm. so it was it was very platonic and i completely believe that you can have guy friends who are just friends because of yeah. that experience but i will say i've had close guy friends also in the past that were maybe um trying to get close for other reasons like you were saying mm-hmm. mel so um i would say it's like it's it's probably more rare for two people to just like have no even like thought about it because I, I think it's also kind of just human nature to wonder if like yeah, you yeah. are connecting in this way and exactly and you are looking for a partner like is this the right person for you or is it not right. um so i think it's pretty rare but i would say for me it's it's definitely possible to just be completely platonic with a guy friend wait so helen so all your guy friends you're telling me that you didn't have a thought you're like huh maybe like did you have a huh maybe from you oh no for sure for sure i i i have yes um and either i didn't act on it or acted on it and nothing happened but i'm saying like with my like college friends like Mm -hmm. that like with like steve i just remember we hung out all the time like we were co-presidents and we just like planned Mm -hmm. and ideated and had the same passions and everything but there was just like nothing there and there was that one like bed moment you know where i'm just like i'm gonna lie down here he's like are you tired i was like yeah and he was like okay cool i was like don't touch me (laughs) but like but i was able to say that because i know that it's an unspoken understanding between the two of us Mm -hmm. that we could make a joke like that too because we knew that that was that wouldn't be like the case at all so that's true yeah this is really random but an observation i made about with you two let me just tell a quick story i feel like (laughs) how do i say this Maybe through the grapevine, you know, through our multiple times hanging out and just stories from like, you know, just we, I feel like I met a lot of your different friends from both your friends from different lives. I feel like a lot of guys try to get at you and you both are like, they're like both, they're both your friends with you, but like, oh, maybe, you know, they're trying to cross that border, but you guys never reciprocate back. And this reminds me of a story because I remember one time a mutual friend of ours literally thought he went on a date with Janet. And then Janet's like, oh, no, I just hung out with her as a friend. So part of me is like, yo, that's a, that's miscommunication somehow. Like, I just think it's really funny how that situation happened. And the funny thing is, I think this person also uh, was the person that tried to cross that friendship line with Helen at first, too. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Oh, if only we could uh, not have this filtered. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, there are some there are some guys out there who are who are trying to get with every girl that comes across their path. So we have we have friends like that, and they probably have tried things with us, and we're just like, nope. I mean, this person tried things with you too, Mel. So <laughs> no, honestly, no. Actually, he didn't. Uh, what are things you talking happen, about? Though? All of this to say that um, it is possible to be a guy and a girl and to be just platonically friends or to be two people and to just be platonically friends. Um, and sometimes it's not. So it's not yeah. it's not a black and white situation. Yeah. Let's just say that. I would say yeah. it's, it, it's, it's possible, but it's like always you're going to con- it's natural to think of it. Right. It's consider. natural. Very yeah, natural. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
Thank you, everyone, for joining us on this episode today where we talked about friendships. Um, it was quite fun, especially towards the end. Everyone's probably very curious who this who this mutual friend is that we all have. Um, please don't make any guesses. But as you can see from our conversation, friendship can take many different forms, and each friend brings a different aspect to our lives at different times. So I feel like this was a really good episode to just reflect back on all the different friends that we've had throughout our lives and just how much of an impact that these people have made on us. And um, we don't often think back and and really just give the time and I think respect that 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 friend was in that period of your life. But for anyone out there who's listening, take that moment to just think back on your friendships and thank them because they really did shape the person that you are today. Yeah. And in earlier in this episode, we kind of each shared like a different quality of a friend. We wanted to ask you, you know, what do you consider to be the most important quality of a good friend? And here is what some of you had to say. So Lily H. Lee said empathy. Girl, I agree. Mag1019 said not afraid to call you on your shit, which I also agree. Mm. Honesty, and, yes. Yes. And Bonnie S. Chen said, are they down to start a podcast together? Ooh. <laughs> Which answer do you agree with the most? Vote in our show description on Spotify and we'll be gifting the winner a free item of merch. This is the first time we're doing something like this. So yes, yeah. check out your Spotify app and there will be a little poll there. So go ahead and pick one and we will gift an item of our merch. Exciting stuff. Yeah, just trying to connect yeah. with y'all a little bit a little bit more. Yeah, mm-hmm. and thank you for everyone else who has submitted. Um, let us know if you enjoy this because maybe we'll do more of this. If you don't already, please follow us on Spotify, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and review, and share this episode with your friends. You can also support us through monthly donations at anchor.fm slash asianbossgirl slash support. And we just released our first item of jewelry, which is the ABG necklace. So match me and Janet and get one for your bestie at asianbossgirl.myshopify.com. If you resonated with today's episode, let us know in the comments of our IG post. And if you'd like to put faces to our names, you can find us on YouTube where we share vlogs, an audience Q&A segment called Dear ABG, and much more. Our handle on both platforms is at Asian Boss Girl. If you'd like to send a shout out to a friend, check out our link tree in our link in bio and click on shout outs. And last but not least, thank you to our super talented editor, Michelle, for working all her magic on our episodes, including this one. We'll catch you all in the next episode. Bye! Bye.